0: And now it's time for your favorite podcast, Jockey. Bless G. (laughs) I have to tell you that over the last couple of days, I had a really nice birthday. You know how it is, although your birthday is on one day, the occasion's magic lingers for a while. I got a nice bunch of birthday cards, well wishes from my family and friends, Facebook followers, and I also got presents, one of which is a podcast microphone that I'm using here. Can you hear me now? (laughs) About a year ago, I had my doubts about getting to my next birthday, mostly because at the outset of the present day pandemic, I contracted the dreaded COVID-19 virus. And so, here's my depiction of this frightening experience. Flashback. As a kid, I'd been sick many times. In fact, during my early childhood in post-World War II, Europe's Budapest, Hungary, my birthplace, I caught just about every malady that was prevalent in that part of the world, which included cholera, all the variants of measles, and the deadly diphtheria. (laughs) Few people survived diphtheria at that time, so when our family doctor made a house visit, and glanced inside my throat. He immediately rushed me to the hospital and I was quarantined for close to two weeks. The quarantine was in a sterilized, very white clean room where I spent some very lonely time. I was treated with a serum that was derived from horses My only visitors were my parents, aunt, and uncle. I considered their daily presence, albeit outside a large glass window, to be even more effective in my recovery than the horse serum. At least, that's how I felt about it. Flash forward to early spring of 2020 when my wife came home from the beauty parlor, her hair beautifully arranged and looking really terrific. In the meantime, things were getting more serious in the world, death rates from COVID in the US and many countries were rapidly rising unabated. Soon, no one wanted to go outside. The empty streets in my surrounding neighborhood were turning it all into enclaves of ghost towns. A very surreal sensation was pervading everyone's lives, worldwide. It looked like the scenario in the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still. A scenario that I've experienced at least three times in my life before. The first was having a front-row seat watching the Russians brutally suppress the Hungarian Revolution of 1956, as my family and I, like thousands of other Hungarians, had to escape from our birthplace, not knowing what would happen next. Most of us wound up in the US. The second occasion came during the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962 when the Russians challenged the U.S. so they could establish a missile base in Cuba. It looked like World War III was going to break out any second and wipe us off the face of this planet. And I walked the streets thinking that the atom bombs were about to be launched at any moment. Luckily, this time, the Russians backed off and the U.S. quietly withdrew their missiles from Russia's neighborhood, Turkey. And my third experience of possible annihilation came when I was standing a block away from the World Trade Center on 9-11-2001, after it was attacked by Islamist terrorists. Suddenly seeing the first tower collapse, my legs froze and I was unable to move for several seconds as the tsunami of debris was rushing toward me. Miraculously, I I regained my senses and ran into a nearby restaurant for cover as the dark cloud blew past. My initial response to the threat of COVID-19 was to research it in my naive way I figured out that an action similar to my blood pressure medicine's effects, an angiotensin-2 inhibitor, could also be applied to preventing the virus from infecting our bodies. Maybe I could save the world. And so I sent a quick email to Dr. Fauci. His immediate response was a short, we're looking into that. Okay. At least I made an effort to save the world. But the worst part was that I falsely believed that this blood pressure medicine, which both my wife and I were taking, would prevent us from being infected by COVID-19. But alas, that (laughs) was not to be. My wife got it first. We suspected that it might have been from the beauty parlor, where the beauticians were usually very close and breathy, while caring for it at home. Few days later, I also came down with it. (laughs) There was no way I was going to avoid it. My wife was very ill, much worse than me, with a ceaseless guttural cough that didn't want to abate. In fact, it prompted vomiting. Our body temperatures kept yo-yoing, there was no sense of smell or taste, so food was not desirable, and we were both weak and tired to the point where we were just sleeping and lying down all day and sleepless all night. Our doctor wouldn't see us, except via teleconferencing. He prescribed a pack of antibiotics for my wife, which did absolutely nothing. Our only recourse against the debilitating, ceaseless coughs was various versions of over-the-counter cough medicines and anti-inflammatory pills. Still, one of the best things that happened during this time was the support we gave to each other as husband and wife and the support given to us by our family, friends, and neighbors, although at a safe distance. They brought us food, much of which we didn't eat at first, but as our self-confinement went on, we started to get some desire for food, albeit tiny amounts. I think we shared a couple of spoonfuls of canned cannelloni beans, Then, some chicken soup. My son and his girlfriend made regular visits to food stores and dropped the goodies off outside our door. Our close friends, spared from catching the deadly virus, were likewise shopping on our behalf for various things, along with some of the most coveted items during the lockdowns, namely, toilet paper. Ultimately, we... We felt like lepers outside the city walls as described in Biblical times. Although we could FaceTime with relatives, our energy reserves were just about nil and sleeping was our major pastime. And after about two weeks, we felt that each day was ever, ever, ever so slightly better. All in all, as we found out later, we were among the fortunate ones who survived the scourge. We heard that some of our friends and acquaintances had passed away from it. Great sadness for us all. To be sure, there were after effects to surviving COVID, the worst of which was that my wife's hair started to fall out. Luckily, it stopped at one point and months later started growing again. But we were still unbelievably tired and weak. The fever stopped, and the coughing slowly subsided, and we started to venture outside the house, and for the first time in a long time, had a desire to drink coffee, but only at home. Our slow recovery was augmented by our walks at the nearby beach, which we increased bit by bit each day to build up our stamina. And we also lifted small barbell weights to regain our strengths. We followed up some time later with lab tests that proved that we had antibodies to COVID-19. And as soon as we were able to get an appointment through the convoluted computer system, we got ourselves vaccinated, only to find out that even the vaccines had some danger associated with them. (laughs) What next? As life slowly attempts to approach some semblance of normalcy these days, The warnings about COVID's variants and follow-up booster shots of the vaccine are still prevalent. COVID not only interfered with our physical well-being, it was detrimental to the economy, created political upheavals, shut down travel, and discouraged religious gatherings globally. Bottom line? No one really knows how all this will affect us in the long run. I sense the shock of a new cultural evolution coming. In retrospect, perhaps it's best to contemplate it all with a cup of soothing coffee. See ya.